We're in uh, the series Responsibility. And just to recap that a little bit, what we've said is God speaks and then we respond. And the whole idea there is that God talks to us and then we respond to what he's asked us to do. And then we've also said that sometimes when he talks to us, he asks us to do something that we're either scared of or um, that we don't think we can do. And that will fit in very well with the message this morning. And so, um, and what we said is that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so he gives a grace and we respond to that grace. And so it's not a work system. It's not a brownie point system. It's responding in faith to the things that we know God has asked us to do. And so this is the last message in that series. We've been uh, going through the um, mission statement for Northview. And here's our mission statement. Northview Community Church is committed to encouraging Jesus, or encouraging people to become more like Jesus. Make sure I get my words right there. Right? And these three areas, celebrating God, serving one another, and sharing Jesus. Those are all three equal. Uh, it's just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You don't have three different layers in the Godhead in terms of importance. You have same value, different roles. Likewise, these are different expressions, but they carry equal importance. All three of them are critical to uh, our life here at the church and what uh, God wants to do through us. And so it's celebrating God, which we worship, we just did, then serving one another, and then sharing our faith. So if you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. Paul is talking about the whole process of um, being born again and, and coming to faith in Christ. And in verse 20, he says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And we said last week that an ambassador is a high-ranking official sent from one country or uh, government to another country or government, or uh, in some cases a ruler. Right? And they represent the interests of that company or that country. And so... Um, when it, when it comes to being an ambassador, we are sent as ambassadors by our king. And there is a kingdom. There's the kingdom of God. And when we are born into it, we then become ambassadors. Paul says this, I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Yesterday here in the afternoon, we uh, did a memorial service. It was for Tammy Eisenhower's mom, Rod and Tammy. You know them. They're here. And a uh, fascinating story about uh, a mom um, had six kids, and a number of the kids came to faith in Christ, and they had been talking to mom at different points and that kind of stuff and sharing what faith in Christ was. And uh, one day, mom walked into uh, Tammy's house and opened the Bible and started reading and went, huh, it's by faith. Looked at her daughter and said, it's by faith. And he goes, yeah, closed the Bible, walked out, said, okay. And and she just came alive to live. Before that, she knew about the Lord. Before that, uh, she had a whole background uh, with the Lord. But now she knew him. And the stories yesterday were fabulous. Talking about this lady and her vivacious personality and just how she had come alive to the Lord. And I said, boy, if, if my kids say half the things her kids said at my funeral, I will be blessed. Because they just talked about what an incredible mom she was. But there's a story of someone who was reconciled to God and then became God's righteousness. She was a vessel that God was able to pour himself into. 
And so what we're saying here is that when we're talking about ambassadors, that is an active engagement. Right? And so what we're talking about this morning is sharing our faith, that it has to be active. We've talked about the book, Not a Fan, where we don't sit on the side and just applaud, go, go, yeah, that's good, good, good. No, we're actually the team. All right? We're the team, and we're engaged in the mission of being able to share our faith. And so if you look at uh, Philemon, it says this, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. And what I did in the first service, there was a whole bunch of the senior hires over here, right? And I said, guys, remember when you were the little kids in youth group? Hi. Right? And they all go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, now some of you are now the big kids. So you uh, have helped with VBS. You're teaching in Sunday school. You're leading or doing leadership things in youth group. Or you've just gone to Nicaragua and come back from a missions trip. And I asked them, which... In which place did you learn more? When you were the little kid in the group or when you're actually the one leading the group? And they all said, oh, leading the group, right? And there's something about uh, the idea that when I am conveying something to somebody else, I learn more about it than I would have ever known otherwise. And so the teacher always learns more than the students. And this is true in sharing our faith is that when we share our faith, it creates a life in us that... Uh, we know something about Jesus that we otherwise wouldn't know. And here's what happens. If we shut this part off, if we say, no, I'm not going to do that part. I'm just going to be a fan. I'm just going to applaud and stand on the side and do that. Something dries up. And then after it dries up, we start to harden up. And after we harden up, church kind of goes flat. And why it goes flat is because it feels like it's for someone else. It feels like it's... uh, You ever read somebody else's mail? Right? You ever gone out and picked mail up or stuff and looked at somebody else's mail? And it's weird looking at someone else's mail. Now, I, I don't advocate you go raid somebody's mailbox to do this, but you know what I'm saying. And why is it weird? It's weird because what? It's not for you. It's not addressed to your address. It's not addressed in your name. It's not for you. And so church can become like that, where you come and you sit here and it seems like it's not for you. That it's for someone else. And you look around and you check everybody else out and you go, oh, it seems to be working for them. It seems to be working for them. How come it's, it's not working for me? And often where this happens, where it starts to dry up, is when we stop sharing our faith. We say no to Jesus in that particular area and then we're not active anymore. And so what happens then is we don't continually keep learning about our Savior. There's things that we know about Jesus that we otherwise wouldn't know when we share our faith. And so God wants us to be active. We're ambassadors. And so when we're talking about uh, what is the gospel, it's not that hard to share. The idea is, um, I use this illustration in first service. Uh, If you've been to the Grand Canyon, how many have been to the Grand Canyon, right? Seen that thing? If you haven't, it's one of the most mind-bending things in the world because you sit on the south rim and look to the north rim or you're on the north rim looking to the south rim And when you look across there, it's just an incredible gap. And it would be like if somebody told you, okay, you're sitting on the south rim and you need to jump to the north rim. Oh, by the way, the north rim is 1,200 feet higher than the south rim. So you not only got to go across, you got to go up. If you had any, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon and looked at that gap, it is like impossible 
There is no way you can get across. And that's what Scripture is saying is that the gap of our sin, there's no human way you can clear it. There's no human way you can jump that gap. The only way you can get across that gap is to go across the bridge that God has provided in His Son, Jesus. And if you look in the book of Romans, chapter 10, it says that's the very reason why Jesus died on our cross for our sins and then rose again three days later. Yes, we believe that. In 2014. Not His Spirit, not the, all the stuff you hear about. The actual person of Jesus Christ was raised. He died on the cross for our sins. was raised again from the dead. Okay? And then He went into heaven. It says... He rose three days later, and it says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Why? Because in here, talking about heart, it's talking about the control center, your will. Inside, if I buy that, I own it. All right? If you believe in your heart, in other words, I step across the line. I don't sit on this side looking at it. I step across and engage with it. I say to God, I believe you did that for me. I believe you can cover my sin. I believe you died on the cross for me. You know what? That's making sense. It's clicking. Then what it says when we do that and we affirm it in our heart, what's the first thing we do? We speak about it. Right? It comes out of our mouth. We talk about what we like to do. If you've got a hobby, we talk about it, right? And, and we talk about the things we love. And so therefore... If God has given us uh, salvation, we tend, it tends to spill out of our mouth. Uh, remember when you were first a believer? When you first got saved? Right? And you were just crazy nuts. What? Jesus! Wow! Right? And you didn't realize you weren't supposed to do that? And uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. What were you doing? You were expressing what had come to be true in your heart. Uh, and it goes on to say this, For it's with your heart that you believe and you're justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and you're saved. In other words, on that south rim, you call out and go, God, you've got to help me. I cannot cross that divide. I cannot get from here to there without your help. The only way I'm going to get into heaven is if you save me. Would you come and rescue me? Would you save me? And then it says this, if anyone trusts in him, he will never be put to shame. In other words, Jesus will not laugh at you, mock you, anything like that. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, everybody who cries out to him and says, please come into my life. Please forgive me of my sin. And, and you know, it might just be this morning by divine providence that there's somebody here and it's that moment. You've heard other people talk. You've had other people share with you, but you've never stepped across that line. You've never given your heart to Christ. You've never surrendered to his authority. You've never asked to be saved. Let's do that before the Lord. All right, would you bow your heads in prayer? If there is someone here this morning that that would be true of, then you could say something like this. Lord Jesus, what Pastor Steve's saying is ringing true to me. I know I'm on the wrong side of the line. I know I've had other invitations. I know I've had opportunities. Different people have shared. But I myself have never personally crossed that line. I've never put my faith in you and believed in my heart that you've been raised from the dead. And I have never confessed with my mouth that you are Lord. And Lord, I need to do that. And right now, I ask that you would come in and save me, that you would forgive me of my sin and that you would make me a new creation 
in the power of your Spirit. Is there anybody here this morning who that is true of and just prayed that prayer? Would you just raise a hand and let me see? Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Anybody else? Father, thank you for doing something new this morning. And uh, Lord, we give that to you uh, with great joy that you will now uh, begin to be the author of their journey and that they will follow you. And we seek you for that in your name. Amen. All right. Would you, those who raise your hand, would you come up after and talk to me and we'll set some things together. Right now, when it comes to sharing our faith, one of the things, so the rest of us who didn't raise our hands then means we're Christians, right? And part of the problem is the stereotypes that go along with sharing our faith. So I just grabbed two of them. These are, are two that I would relate to. You might not, but um, I, so I threw my stereotypes up on the board. But here's the first one. This is the uh, crazy street preacher, right? I'm on a soapbox in a white robe holding a Bible up, repent, right? Wow, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, if I, if I get my life in Christ, I'll have to go on a street corner and do this. Um, no, but I grew up with this because I grew up, okay, it's okay to go to church, it's okay to believe God, but don't become a crazy. Anybody else relate to that, that don't grow up and be a crazy? Um, I grew up with that. I don't know if that's a particular Wisconsin thing or whatever, but that's what I grew up with. Uh, but, you know, the, the street preacher, now, here's the thing. There was an era where this really worked, right? If you go back to the 70s and the Jesus Revolution, this was happening all the time, and it was going on, and there were all kinds of people that came to Christ in it. Uh, I myself came to Christ on the tail end of the Jesus Revolution, so that happened in California in the early 70s, and it took like six to eight years to get to Wisconsin, and I got caught in the tail end of it. But um, it was a difficult time. Uh, what people forget is that it was a very difficult time in the life of our country. It was the Vietnam War. It was... Uh, hate Ashbury and Berkeley and Kent State and some of you are going what? But those of you who were there remember right? It was all it was Black Panthers and enormous political unrest, very similar to what we're facing right now. And God broke out in a new way. What was fascinating about that is not everybody would agree with you, but you could talk about Jesus almost anywhere because it was a conversation of interest. It was a conversation that was on the lips and on the hearts of people. There was a curious God had salted. Uh, our country in a way that it broke out and it was a fantastic thing. But most of us think, oh, if I do that, I'm going to have to go stand on a street corner. No, you don't have to do that. Okay, You do have to share, but you probably don't have to do this. Here's my other stereotype. Uh, right, The blaster. Right, You just back your neighbor up into a wall and let them have it in hellfire and brimstone and you keep on them with scripture though they get converted and you know the hair is going straight back and that kind of stuff. And uh, you're going, man, I do not want to be that. Okay, I don't think the Lord wants us to be either of those. Matter of fact, that would have been me in my early Christian life. And I look back now and I wish I had, I wish I knew then what I know now. Because I think I hurt a number of people uh, that were close friends because I didn't, I didn't understand. I understood what I was sharing. I didn't understand the way I was sharing. Does that make sense? And... Uh, and so these are stereotypes that we have to get by. But what I want to say is this, is that 
You don't have to do these things to actively share your faith. God has placed you, and you make a great you. You are wonderful where you are, and God has placed us where we are. So in Acts, Paul is talking on Mars Hill, and he says, God has taken all the nations of the earth and placed them exactly where they're supposed to be. So that means you are exactly where you're supposed to live. You're in the neighborhood you're supposed to be. You've got the job you're supposed to be. You go to the schools you're supposed to go to. You're on the sports teams you're supposed to go to. You've got the hobbies you're supposed to have. And all of that is designed so that we are networked within our communities that there are active places where we can share our faith. So this morning we are Northview gathered, but during the week we are Northview scattered each to our individual neighborhoods and places where we belong, where our homes are. And therein we can then share with our neighbors and friends and the gospel and to do that. One of the other questions is uh, there's kind of this stereotype that it needs to be this really holy moment um, where two people are holding hands and there's a Bible and angels and there's a glow and, you know, kind of thing. I just The gospel is shared. If you go through the Bible and you look at, I, like, the book of Acts, I just took the book of Acts. Where is the gospel shared? And just look at this. Here's the places where the gospel is shared. Now, right in the beginning, Peter's preaching, right? That was a, a unique set of circumstances and Peter nailed it right on the head because God had done something. But Jesus had just died on the cross. He had just rose again from the dead. Everybody knew about that fact. Everybody had saw what had happened to the apostles. And so, boom, Peter gave an explanation and all kinds of people came to faith. But if you look in just a little further in that chapter, it was in small groups. That people were going from home to home, breaking bread together, and it was in the small groups that they were sharing Jesus with. And all kinds of people came to Christ in those small groups. And also uh, rabbit trail on that, but um, you know we've been doing dinner groups and we had ours and they're great fun. And if you like that, when we come the fall, we're going to go in small groups and try to get us tied into small groups. And the whole idea there is great things happen in small groups, and that is don't do life alone. Okay, don't just come to Northview and sit alone. Get involved in a small group and get tied in and do that. But uh, much of the gospel happens in small groups. Uh, one was the result of a miracle, right? In Acts three. In uh, Acts 4, it happened before a court. Now, I'd take a little bit of faith, right? Before a court. Uh, in Acts 8, Simon the sorcerer. Here's somebody who came to Christ but had some crooked motives that needed to be straightened out because he saw the gospel as a means for gain. And so in that, Simon gets rebuked and a whole bunch of people come to faith. And that was the whole battle between the gospel and magic in the culture. And that's a big uh, battle. And lots of people are searching after magic uh, in our culture and it's a place uh, for sharing. But in a chariot, how many of you rode in your chariot to church today? Right? Well, we did, right? We call them cars. But uh, how many times can the gospel be shared when you're just in a car ride? I, one of my uh, most memorable times, uh, and this may uh, help with some of the illustrations, but I went to California and uh, my cousin Frank and I went down and we hung out with as brothers and uncles together and uh, Frank and I came back, and on the way back, I shared my story with Frank. Because Frank said, well, you've just always been a good kid, Steve. And I said, well, do you know what happened? And so I started telling him a lot of the story. And I was so excited and pumped that uh, I got to share my story with Frank. Well, then uh, two years later, my uncle passed away, so we were back down for the memorial service, and we're sitting on the backside of, the, of the, uh, his porch, my uncle's porch, and we're talking away and 
And uh, I said, to, I forget how it exactly came up, but uh, I said, oh, Frank, you, you, you know my story. And he said, no, I don't know your story. I said, sure you do. Don't you remember two years ago when we drove back? I tell you, no, nah, I, I don't even remember you telling it. That's one of those, are we on the same planet? Were we in the same suburban? What, what in the, how did you, what do you mean you don't remember me sharing? It took an hour and a half. How could you not, you know? And he said, no. So Pam says, well, tell it to him again. I said, well, he doesn't want to hear it again. He said, well, yeah, I might want to hear it again. I already told it to you. What? So then I sat on my uncle's porch and shared my story with Frank again. Okay? Um, and it was a tremendous time to share with him. But that was at 1130 midnight, sitting on a back porch in California, looking at the Sacramento River, telling my story of how Jesus had changed my life. Chariots are a great place to do that. Uh, in Acts 9 is a face-to-face encounter. Uh, in Acts 10, it was done in homes, right? That's a great place to do it over a meal. Uh, in Acts 13, in a synagogue or what we would understand as church. And by the way, that's a good cue for us to always have our radar up on Sunday morning that someone may walk through the door who doesn't know the Lord. And just to find out, hey, are you new here? How long have you been here? Uh, do you have a faith background? And, and just talking to them and a chance you could share Jesus, right, on Sunday morning and somebody could come to faith. Uh, on a riverbank, right? That's in Acts 16. In prison, Acts 16. Uh, in the marketplace. Gals, this is good news. You can go shopping and share your faith. All right? That actually is a context. When you go to the mall and you meet people and you take friends along and you can go to a neighbor and go shopping, that's actually a tremendous place to do it. That's one of the places Paul did it. Um, Acts 20, 21, on a beach, it was shared, right? So that's good news. That means if you're on vacation and you're hanging out at the beach, that's, a, that's good because you might bump into somebody that you're doing vacation and you can share Jesus with them while you're on the beach. It happened in Acts. It can happen for you. Uh, before a king and governor, that would take uh, some courage. On a boat. Guys, this is good news for us. We can go fishing and share the gospel. All right? You can be doing your hobbies, and this, in this case, is boat. Uh, there was the storm that kicked up, and Paul was sharing. Uh, in a rented house. So it can be... In other words, there's all kinds of contexts that are just normal, uh, everyday contexts for which the gospel can be shared. And that's what we've got to get past is that there's some stereotypical way it can happen that we just got to be looking for who the Lord's bumping us into in our world. Now here's the question for the morning. I think it's an important one. Is this a preference or is this a command? In other words, is this just for those who are kind of wired that way or kind of gifted that way? Or is this a command? Is this actually something that we all are supposed to engage in. In Acts 1, 8, and 9, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. And after he said this, he is taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. And if you look in another passage, it says, Behold, I am with you even until the end of the age. So that would be 2014. Jesus is still with us. He's still here. And so he will give us power through the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses, to be his ambassadors. And so one of the things we've got to overcome is the fear factor of this. 
We've got to get past the I can't do that. And we've got to stop being on the sides applauding and engage and not be a fan, but be an active ambassador to, to actually share our faith. And one of the things that is important in this is the importance of prayer. Um, I'm going to ask the guys to come around. John, are you back there? And the guys, you're going to get a, a card like this. Not a big thing, but the guys are going to go around and pass this out. One of the things that's important is to pray about um, who, sh- who should I be sharing with, Lord? Who's, who is it that uh, I should pray for? Who is it I should share with? And this is just, we've seen this before. We've done this before. You've probably been in other churches seen this before. It's just a simple card uh, that you can fill out. Who are your top three? Who has the Lord laid on your heart that you should share with? Uh, now, in this day and age, right, uh, it, you can use your phone in the notebook pad and you can put the names down there because you, you won't take this card with you all the time, but you take your phone with you everywhere. Right? So you can take your phone with you and have your names down and you can be looking at that and updating and reminding. Because here's what happens. Sometimes uh, our timing isn't the same as God's and we have shared with people and it's fallen off the edge. We've kind of gotten away from it, forgotten about it. Nothing's happened, so we quit praying. And once we quit praying, we quit sharing. And what I want to do is this morning, just get it back on the target. Just get it back up there. Who should you pray for? And who is it that you should share with? Who are your top three? When you think before the Lord, who would be the three that he would illustrate for you? What I want you to do is fill that out. And then the card you can put in your Bible as a marker, or you can put it on your mirror at home, or you can put it on your uh, fridge, um, Wherever it might bump it, like I said, you can also put it in your phone. But the importance of prayer. Paul's talking in John chapter 17. He says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Is the right passage up there? Yeah. Um, That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. So part of this is our body serving together so people would believe. But Jesus was praying for us. So think about this. He said, you witness in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and then the outermost parts of the world. Think about how far away we are from Jerusalem in terms of miles. Think the distance. We're the fulfillment of that prayer of Jesus in John 17. We're the outermost parts of the world. Joke is we're southeast Alaska out here in Seattle. So we're, we're that group. We're out here that far. But that message, the gospel, is still rolling all through these years. In Ephesians 6, if you look at that scripture at the bottom of the card there, it says, And I pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that wherever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And so... One of our prayers is we've got to get over our fear. We've got to get past our fear of what will happen if I share or when I share. And we've got to get just to the place where I become obedient that part of my Christian life, part of my walk, part of my tracking with God is sharing my faith so that I know I'm being obedient to him. When he bumps me, he knows I will be able to follow through. And when we do that, 
then what happens is it's a very exciting thing because it's a, it's a powerful thing to see the kingdom of God born in another person. There's something happens in a body of believers that goes from church to kingdom when you see people come alive in faith. There's something that happens to your faith when you see somebody born again and you see them give their life to Jesus. It changes the way you read. It changes the way you pray. It changes the way you serve. It changes your motivation because it really becomes about Jesus and and not so much about me. And so when we talk about Northview, we're talking about we want to be a worshiping church and uh, we want to be a serving church. I think those are... Strong points for us at this point. We want to be a sharing church. Okay? And um, you know, we've gone through a lot of convolutions with that at Northview. So a lot of times in life, right, you've got a plan, you go from A to B, zick, right? Does it ever go that way in life most of the time? No, it does this, right, bob and weave routine through there. And, uh, you know, we've done that as a church. We've gone through several stages. We've planted. We've gone through three different sites. But we're here now. The Lord has planted us well. And we want to re-put that target up on the map that one of the targets for us is that we'd be a sharing church, that we'd be actively sharing our faith in Christ because that's why we were planted in Mill Creek. That's why we're here, is to be an influence assaulting in the Mill Creek area. Notice we're not responsible for the results. We're responsible for the obedience side to be sharing. And so as we wrap this up and as, as we look at those three things, We want uh, all of those to be true. We want to be a worshiping church where Christ is Lord and he's number one in our life. We want to be a serving church that we'd love each other in such a way that people would know that Jesus is risen. But we also want to be a sharing church. We want to let other people know exactly what the gospel is and how they can know him. Even in a culture that is not uh, always that open to it, there are a lot of places if we track with the Spirit, he'll lead us to who we should share with. So take your card, do that, and let's pray. Father, as we look, you know the names on the card and you know the people here. You would know all the apprehensions in the room. You would know all the fears in the room. You would know all the faith in the room. You would know the successes in the room and those who have uh, experiencing someone to come to Christ. You know those who haven't. And Lord, we give all of that to you this morning and we ask that you would help us be a sharing church, that we would look for opportunities to share with people, uh, not to be unwise. Lord, we're not asking anybody to commit a career suicide here or um, uh, being unwise. We're at, talking about being really wise, but wisely led as well and sharing. And so we seek you for that. May you actively engage with us uh, in this process. May we learn and grow in it. May we bear fruit for you. And we ask this in your name. Amen.